Hello and welcome to episode 214 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we're talking about, back in my day, Dragons of Tarkir. That's right. I'm going away to school again next week, so this is what we do so we can double up episodes. Yeah, we talk um, about cards that are quaint. <laughs> quaint, that's a, that's a nice way of saying it. Yes. Um, but also, like, it seems like you guys really like the story time episodes. Um, we get a lot of people asking for more stories, and we've had some good feedback on these in the past. So we hope you enjoy this little trip down memory lane as we revisit uh, Dragons of Tarkir. Yes. So uh, if you want to reach out to us on social media and tell us how awesome this is and how you're looking forward to what was the set after Dragons? We gotta skip skip the score sets, right? We can't uh, just do origins. Like, oh, I guess Magic Origins is a good one. Yeah, Origins uh, was a decent set. Yeah, and you want to tell us how excited you are to talk about Magic Origins? <laughs> uh, you can get at us on social media. All of those links, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, are in the description. Yeah, make sure you hit us up. Let us know what you think about this episode. If you got any ideas for future episodes, we're always willing to uh, to entertain ideas. Um, if you're looking to support the show, there's two ways you can do it. The first is our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. It doesn't cost you anything to use that link. The cards cost exactly the same, whether you follow that link or not. But if you do follow that link, uh, we get a percentage of whatever you buy. That helps to pay our bills. Uh, making a podcast isn't free, and uh, we rely on support from you guys to help us continue to do this. If you want to support us more directly, uh, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg is how you can do that. You can chip a couple bucks in. It goes right to us, and you get to reap some rewards. Uh, you get put on my mailing list for when I have cool stuff to send out. You get to look at our show notes so you know what the upcoming week's show is going to be about. And you get to listen to a whole nother hour of content from us during our pre-show. If any of that sounds good or if you just like what we do and want to support us, we would appreciate it if you chipped in over at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Yeah. And then more thing before we start is make sure you check out our YouTube channel. Uh, Brian's got some limited content that goes up Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, we have the tomfoolery videos on Tuesdays where I play whatever, historic brawl mostly. And on Thursdays, you get a video version of this this podcast where you get to to watch us talk at each other the whole time. Yes. It's entertaining. It is. We're not we're not the worst people in the world to look at. No, no, it could it could, it could be worse. Or it could be yeah. better. I could have a beard. Ooh, Ooh yeah. I don't know if this podcast can handle two beards. I, I don't know Although. if I, I don't know if my face <laughs> can handle one. Uh, <laughs> or know, make man. one. There was a little while during lockdown where uh I was you, pretty you fuzzy were working on it. Yeah, you're a little fuzzy. So all right, so Dragons of Tarkir. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting in our time machine and we're setting it for March of 2015. Wow, that's a long time ago. Uh, eight years, yeah. That's eight, uh, yeah, I can't eight years. It's been that long. <laughs> yeah, it it's weird. Like, like it's kind of like when I started playing, like. Innistrad felt like a long time ago, like, oh my gosh, how would you ever get a Liliana of the Veil? Right. And that was like three or four years before I started playing. Right. Like, now it's like, oh my god, how would you get fill-in-the-blank card? 
uh, from from this end. It's like like that's like when we started like New Phyrexia or something. Well, I mean, chances are anything in this set's been reprinted into the dirt, so you can f- probably find it in the bulk bin. Fair, uh, <laughs> and also the cards are quaint, but you know what I mean. Just like Correct. to how like yeah. different like like Innistrad or like one of those sets that you weren't playing when you started, like that you had yeah. missed, felt like so long ago and foreign, and right. then you're like, oh, that set I played. Didn't I play that like two years ago? And it's like, no. Yeah, that was like, almost a decade ago. Yes, nearly <laughs> a decade ago. So, uh, this is uh, the end of an. This set marks the end of an era. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the three block structure. So, like, I kind of want to say where it was like really well defined was um, like Urza's block. Like that's mm-hmm. where I know that like. Mirage, Tempest, Visions were all like mixed up, but they were all kind of like a block, right? Yeah. But like I, th- I feel like Urza's block was like the first time that it felt like this is a block. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, They're- I think that was the first time when they started designing for story too. Mm-hmm. So they used like the three set block structure to tell a story. Yeah. Before that, like you you mentioned, Mirage, Visions, Tempest, um. There wasn't a whole lot of story like until Tempest. So yeah. Mirage and Visions, they like had some stuff going on, but there wasn't like a story they were trying to tell. Yeah, they there really wasn't like something tying the cards it. together. Yeah. So kinda since Urza's block was like ninety nine. Something like that, yeah. So for like almost twenty I guess almost fifteen years. No, like yeah, fifteen, sixteen 15 years. years. Magic sets were all released the same way where you had three sets and then they were all drafted the same way where you Mm -hmm. drafted like three of the first set and then like two and one and then one, one and one. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we talked about fate, we talked about fate being like the weird pivot set Mm -hmm. where it was cons fate and now it was cons dragon. I'm sorry. Fate Dragons. Fate Dragons. Yep. And so this was the end of like those three blocks to tell a story. Right. And uh, then we went to two set blocks and that proved too cumbersome. So now <laughs> we're we're kind of in like Yellow Land. Yeah. No blocks, whatever we want. Yeah. But it's like, well, we're gonna be on uh, Keldheim for one set, New Capetta for a set, but like we're going to do this, like, four-set block that is, like, Dominaria, back-in-time Dominaria, all leading to, like, Phyrexia, Phyrexia. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, there are no rules for us anymore. We get to do whatever we want. <laughs> YOLO. YOLO. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so this is the end, the end of an era with yeah. dragons. Um, it was also kind of the last, like traditional style magic set um i had in the show notes here that this was the first set with the uh hollow foil like the updated card frame but that's not mm-hmm. right because that was m15 yeah so like that the... would have been out like before this mm-hmm. um, that, that but... was the core set be- immediately preceding it yeah yeah um but what was important about this 
is that this was the last set before like alternate treatments. What was the alternate treatment in like? Uh... We had expeditions in BFC. Oh yeah, that was the or like the lottery cards. I guess Origins yeah. didn't have that, did it? Maybe... Oh yeah, I guess that's true. And Origins is weird because it feels like it should be a core set, but this was during when they were like, we don't no like core sets. sets. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's like kind. Of, it was. It's the last like true expansion set before they were like, let's try lottery cards for two years and see how that yeah. works. Um. It was. Uh, gosh, there was also an additional game offered at pre-release. What was this one? What was this game? Oh, you don't remember these? No. Like during, so for Theros, they had like the, there were like game modes that you could play. Like you took your deck and you played against like the Xenagos deck or whatever. Mm, okay. There, it was like a mini game you could play like during pre-release. Um, and then for M15, you played against Garrick. Do you remember the big oversized like Garrick cards? I didn't do the pre-release. I came in at the end oh, of M15. Right. Yeah. So in M15 pre-release, um, I think every pre-release kit came with like a giant oversized Garrick Planeswalker card. Okay. They had like 30 loyalty or something on it. And like it did a random thing every turn and you had to beat Garrick. Gotcha. Um, and then for Fate Reforged, you had the Ugin's Fate game. Where you, I forget what you even did, but you played a game and then you won like the Ugin's Fate packs yep. that had like alternate art for mm -hmm. cards or whatever. And then for this, um, they had another pre release game. I think they called it Dragon Fury, but it was basically bowling with spin downs. Hmm. Like there was a cardboard thing on a desk you set up and then it had like little standees and you would like throw your spin down at the standees and depending, you know, which ones you knock down and how many you could win like different promo cards. And then after this, I don't think they did those at all. Any, I can't think of any after. No, that. I, I think you're right. Um, yeah. You want to get people back in the game store, do fun other stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, like some of the sets had activities. I remember like Kaladesh remember came with those little punch out Thopter cards where you could like build a Thopter. Yeah. I remember that. I, uh, and they were pretty cool. They were cool. Um, like, and the little thopters are pretty all right. Um, and then there was like, remember the, they also came with like checklist cards where it was like play, like oh, yeah. things to do during your pre-release. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, win a game, like get a draw, uh, play yeah. four spells in a turn. Yeah. And like check it off. And then some game stores would like give you a little prize if you like did the whole checkoff sheet. Yeah. Um, bring back fun wizards. Mm -hmm. No, instead they they don't care. They they want you to sit at home and play Magic, not go to your LGS. Yeah, you got to play Arena at home. Yep. Pants cost money. That's right. Money you could be spending on uh, Wizards of the Coast products, <laughs> unless they're like Jace themed pants, and then that's okay. Yeah. Um. So, with it being a like bridge set. Like, well, with it kind of being like, so cons was the old present, fate reforge was the past, and then uh, dragons was 
new present. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, it's a time travel story, so things yeah. get weird in time travel. They always do. But, like, as far as story, like, continuity goes, as far as anybody knew up until that point, like, Khan's was current story. Yes. And then we went back in time with Fate Reforged, and then in Dragons, like, Sarkon had made changes in Fate and saved Ugin? I think. Ugin or something? Yeah. And then... Like dragons were in control instead of the clans. Yes, so, we so it was dra- dragons instead. Yes, it was clan. Yeah, instead of cons, were with the clans. Now it's yeah. like things changed in like the they weren't elder. Dra- were they elder dragons in in yeah, cons? Uh, they were there, just there dragons. Dragons in cons at that all. Was the thing there were no dragons. Oh, the, I'm thinking of the ones from Fate that were little. Yeah, and then yeah. and then they survive and they become the big elder dragons that are in yeah, dragons Dragon of Lord Stilumgar yeah. and But they wanted to like uh, tie cons to dragons, so mm-hmm. they kind of like uh, made twists on all the mechanics. Mm-hmm. So the mechanics were all if you squinted like similar to the ones that you had in cons. Mm-hmm. Right. So for our mechanics, we have bolster mm-hmm. and bolster is choose a creature with the least toughness and put a counter on it. So when something would come into play or a card said bolster on it, you would like look at all your creatures and whatever had one toughness, got a counter. Right. If there was a tie, you got to pick which one. And then if your lowest thing had two toughness, you got to pick one of the two toughness things. And that was uh, kind of a a play on, was it Outlast? Outlast, yeah. From Uh, Kant. Bolster could have a number with it also. It wasn't always just one counter. That is true. It was two or three or four counters. And then there's Dash, which we all know Dash from the Stupid Monkey. That's right. Regavan has Dash. Yeah. So it's an alternate cost. It's still casting it, mm-hmm. but it's casting for an alternate cost, and the creature gains haste and then returns to your hand end of turn. Yep. Which was, I guess, like their play on the raid mechanic. Yeah, I mean, I don't really get the parallel there. But... Well, they both were like attacking kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was kind of funny is you, you, you had mentioned that the mechanics are kind of a play on what the mechanics mm-hmm. used to be. Um, one of the other things they did was they like changed the cons around to show like what the cons were like in the new future Mm -hmm. where you had like the old con that was powerful and head of whatever. And the new cons are like peons. So what they did was Zergo, like Zergo in cons was kind of a beating. It was like a four mana seven, four with indestructible or something. Yeah. Like it's like one in Mardu colors, like seven four, like has indestructible when it attacks or something. Yeah, and then in dragons, it was a one man at two two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with dash for one and a red. But, uh, yeah, with dash. Yep. Yeah, but he was a punk. That's right. Uh, he was the bell ringer. He got to ring the bell for Colagon. <laughs> yes. Okay, buddy. Yeah, ding, ding, time to eat. 
Um, and then I don't think Rebound had like a a parallel from the other set other than kind of being like related to like Jeskai and like Prowess. Yeah. Like yeah. it was like a, the spell thing. So mm-hmm. Rebound is from, you have a bit from Rise. Yeah, Rise of Eldrazi. And so you cast, you cast a spell, it goes to your graveyard, and you get to cast it again from your graveyard for free at the beginning of the next upkeep. Not is graveyard, graveyard, or is it no, exile? Exile, yeah, it that's exile. right. Yeah. Which, back in the old days, was illegally putting it on top of your deck so you didn't forget to cast it your next upkeep. <laughs> Every time. You're not allowed to, You're not allowed to do that. It's like, uh, well, I'm going to forget, so we're just going to do this. We're playing it... Yeah. Uh, LGS REL. So uh That's right. <laughs> so it goes on top of my deck. Yep. Um and like that was fun. And again, we all know rebound from Ephemerate. Mm-hmm. Just Modern Horizons just like putting a bad taste in everyone's mouth for classic mechanics. <laughs> and it is bad that Dash is now a classic mechanic. I mean, yeah, two two thousand fifteen. That was eight years ago. Yeah, it's a classic. Yep, classic. Um then we had a, a couple new mechanics that yeah. were new for for this set. Um, we had, oh, I think I missed one too. Oh no, I didn't. Um, Manifest was fate at this set. Yeah. Uh, so first up, we had Exploit, which we just had back in Midnight Hunt. So I think everybody knows what Exploit does at this point. Uh, but that was a brand new mechanic for um, blue black in mm-hmm. dragons. That one doesn't have like a good parallel from cons, other than like um, other than like like delve cared about your graveyard and exploit let you put stuff in your graveyard, but yeah, yeah, not the same though, not the same. Um, And then we had formidable, which cares about having creatures totaling eight power. Yes, so it could be eight one ones or one eight one. Yes. and then that usually then turned on some ability. Yeah, it was. You had mentioned parallels. It works basically the same as Ferocious, mm-hmm. which is what the mechanic was before this, except instead of having one four power creature, it cares about just having eight power on the battlefield. So like Ciroc, yeah. like it's like Ciroc the Hunt Caller, mm-hmm. two green green for a five four. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if creatures you control have. Uh, have total eight power or greater target creature you control gains haste until end of turn. So like that often just meant that Sorak the Hunt Caller gave itself haste and you had a five a hasty four mana five four. Right. The uh I think the other relevant formidable card was the Shaman of the Forgotten Ways. Yeah, it tapped for extra mana. No, it was biorhythm. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It taps yeah. for extra mana regardless. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Formidable. You have Ferocious. It's, or, yeah, Formidable. What is it? It's nine green green. Each yeah. player's life total becomes uh, the number of creatures they control. Yep. Um, and I guess the top is uh, Gwenna. Mm-hmm. Which I had not realized that it was going to. Yep. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and now you know. Yeah. Uh, so, 
that mechanic was fine. Yeah, it was all right. Um, and then the we, reason I was you, we kind of skipped over like exploit though. Like, what did how was exploit? So, exploit sacking a whole creature for an effect is a big cost to play. Mm-hmm. Unless like you really want that creature in the graveyard, like a la the yeah. rally deck. Right. Um, so it didn't play real well in like in 60 card formats. Mm-hmm. And there were only a few like limited ones that were gir- good. Was it Gurmag Drowner? Am I thinking of the right one? Um, the one uh, that I remember was Sidisi's Faithful. Yeah, the, the bounce one, the one mana bounce. Yeah. Was it an 04? Either an 03 or an 04, yeah. Uh, I actually Big have the card butt. file app, so I should look. Sidisi's Faithful was an, was blue for an 04. Exploit. Uh, when you exploit a creature, return target creature to his owner's hand. And Sidisi's uh, Faithful could sack itself. Yeah. So it was a sorcery speed bounce spell. Or an 04. Or it right. could be both of you fed fed it something else. Um, but Gurmag Drowner was the like limited card. It's a two. It's a three and a blue for a two four with exploit. Mm-hmm. If it exploits, look like, at the top four cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard. Yeah. So, like, it's fine. It's basically Organ Hoarder. From yeah. Like, Organ Hoarder looks at three and puts two in your graveyard. Yeah. Uh, without having to sack a creature. See, quaint. Wasn't Organ Hoarder a 3-3 three, three also? Though? It was a 3-2? Three, 3-2. Three, Maybe it was a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, it was good. Yeah. So... Well, that's a more relevant body than a 2-4 is. It is. Um, So, the, like... The only, like, exploit creature that got to see... Got any run, really, other than your... Sidisi's faithful was Sidisi herself got played a few a little bit. Well, I mean Sidisi still gets some reasonable play in EDH. Yeah, I mean apparently it is still uh, ten dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, seven dollars. The promos are more. But yeah, it's apparently still seven dollars uh, all these years later. Yep. Uh, tutors are good in, in in hundred card formats. Turns out when there's a tutor in your command zone, it's real easy to assemble your combo. <laughs> Very, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, that is that is a good point. <laughs> yep. Um, and then the reason I brought up the whole like parallels to uh, other mechanics and and cons was mm-hmm. for. Can we safely say this is the worst name mechanic? Yeah, but like you gotta say it though. Megamorph. Megamorph. Not regular morph. <laughs> no, no. Megamorph. Yep. So, Megamorph. It's just again. It's just morph, but bigger. <laughs> or it's just morph, but mega. Yeah. So, with a creature with Megamorph, you played it like a morph, three mana, face down. As a vanilla 2-2. And then when you unmorphed it, it got a plus one, plus one counter. So exactly the same, except it brings a counter with it. Yeah. So it's mega now. 
it was um, the most memed mechanic at release I think we've had. Absolutely. Other than, like, Cleave has a good name, but then terrible, terrible execution. Mechanic. Yeah. Uh, Megamorph has a stupid name and, like, an innocuous implementation. It's, like, fine, whatever. Well, so, like, the problem with Megamorph is that Mega, there's no reason Megamorph couldn't have just been Morph and then with a rider on the front side. Absolutely. Right, when you unmorph this, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Done, we like, did it. There's there's no reason for it to be its own special mechanic. But if you're in the, like, world-building room, yeah. you're like, no, we can't have morph again. Yeah, we need the to world text ability words. Yeah. The, world, the world is different now. <laughs> there needs to be a different mechanic. Hey, man, <gasps> Megamorph? Yeah. Like, this comes in from watching the Power Rangers with his what kids. If all the morphs get a Red Bull. Wow. So, so, all right. All right, man. Here, 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 hear me here. I was watching cartoons with my kid, man. And these, these kids, they love the Power Rangers. And they got Megazords. So, how about we give all of our, all of our morphs get Megazords? Yeah, Megamorphs. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, Mara, if, if we say yes, will you go away? <laughs> yeah! Megamorph it is. Write it on the cards. Yeah. Done. Um, Probably how it went down. Pretty much. Worst, worst name mechanic ever. Absolutely. It played fine. Yeah, it played like Morph. Morph <laughs> is a fine mechanic. No big deal. Morph is a mechanic that should come back at some point. Yeah. Um, I think, like, the difference between Morph and Megamorph, like, all joking aside, is that I think I remember reading an article that with Morph, um, they have to be careful how, how they design cards because it's super easy to blow your opponent out during combat. Mm-hmm. I think that was and, like the entire design of the first set morphs we're in. Yeah. Which is like, you're going to unmorph this and you're going to annihilate your opponent. And they just have to guess and see yeah. which card you annihilate them with. Yeah. So, like during cons, I know they were real careful, like how they sized creatures mm -hmm. so that when things unmorphed, like they wouldn't just eat a creature unless there was a significant mana investment into them. Mm hmm. And with Megamorph, I mean, what you noticed is that a lot of the Megamorph costs were high, but also the, like, the ability for you to blow your opponent out in combat was higher because whatever you creature you had, like, gets bigger. It gets bigger, and, like, I feel like the, the Megamorph creatures weren't as big. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, we're going to talk about our boy, uh, Death Mist Dinosaur. Yeah. And, um, like, that card was a 3-3. Three, three, right. And it unmorphed into a 4-4. Four, four. So, like, 3-3, three, 2-1, three, three, 5-1. Like, if you blocked your 2-2 two, two with it, you blocked it with a 2-2 two, two when it was morphed, you still got to eat it. Right. 
one one three 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 three. Like the biggest one's a three four. I guess there's a six five that unmorphs for seven. Oh, it has defender, so you mm-hmm. get one whack in with it, <laughs> and then it just like sits back and is like, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, and there's another six. There's a six five green idiot for seven. Yeah, but other than that, there's like. There's a 5-5, five, five and everything else tops out at 3-3. Three, three. So they're, like, smaller in general. Because the morph, the morphs in the other set were bigger. Yeah. Like, you untap, you unmorph it, and you get a 5-5. Five, five. These are like, mm-hmm. I worked real hard, I got a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Yep. So, did the thing. Did the thing. So, like I said, mechanic was fine. It's one of those mechanics that, like... No one ever thinks about. No one's ever like, right. oh, yeah. I long I mean, I for the days of Megamorph. Yeah. You thought about Death Mist Raptor, but you haven't thought about anything else. Right. You're like, I love you, Death Mist Raptor. <laughs> you I have buddy. a uh, not insignificant position in Death Mist Raptors. <laughs> One day, buddy, you're coming back. Yeah. Unfortunately, they also caught a reprint in a commander deck, so they're worthless. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh no, the story of MTG Finance. <laughs> I had this huge position on this card. Unfortunately, it caught a reprint in like the seventy fifth product this year. Right. Commander Deck eighty five. Um, yeah. Reprinted all of these cards. No. Yeah. My kid's college fund was all in Death Miss Raptors. No. <laughs> I mean, I think I only had like fifteen of them, but still. yeah. But still suck and, um, and they were under a dollar for a very long time <laughs> um so what are our so what were our like major limited archetypes here well you had mentioned kind of at oh, the sorry. top of the show that this was like the block structure was weird here because mm-hmm. this was only meant to be drafted with fate Yes. And not with cons. Mm-hmm. And that meant that, like, the signposts, like, we know them today. There's, like, every set has 10 signposts because there's, you know, 10 draftable color pairs. Um, there's only five signposts in this set because it's meant to be drafted with Fate that had the rest of the signposts. Oh, I never realized that. that. Yeah, yeah. So um, these have the... Yeah, Allied for, yeah, there's a dragon for each of them. So you've got um, the first one is Cunning Breeze Dancer. Mm-hmm. It's blue white for a, or four blue white for a four four flyer. And whenever you cast a non creature spell, it gets plus two plus two till end of turn. So it's super prowess. Mega prowess, if you will. <laughs> yeah, man, let's just do the whole set, but mega. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave, I'll leave Cracked Out Morrow alone. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, green White was plus one, plus one counters. The signpost was Enduring Scale Lord for Green White for a 4-4 four, four flyer. And whenever one or more plus one, plus one counters are put on another creature you control, you also get to put a plus one, plus one counter on Enduring Scale Lord. Gotcha. So when you, when you bolstered, you also bolstered the Scale Lord. Mm-hmm. And then um, blue-black was um, Sacrifice. 
to yeah. kind of play along with exploit. Um, Ruthless Death, Death Fang was the signpost for blue black for a 4 4 flyer. And when you sacrifice a creature, target opponent sacrifices a creature. So, like, uh, to dictate Erebos or mm-hmm. what was the other one? Grave, Grave, Grave Pact. Pact. Yep. Um, and then we had red green is just kind of stompy. Like, do you, do you find it weird that the identity of red green is like kind of hard to nail down in most sets? They have usually just like stompy or like caring about something random that the colors happen to do. Caring about being stompy. Like remember Theris beyond death. It was like, do you have a four-powered creature? But we're not going to call it Ferocious. Right. Then your stuff does a thing. Well, uh, I, I don't know if you remember this, but Ferocious was a ripoff from Shards. Uh, I don't know. The, the mechanic was like, we care about things with four power, but we're not going to name it. Oh, uh, okay. I hadn't realized that. Yeah. Um. Just, I just want to like, so all these dragons you're reading are six mana four four flyers. Yeah. Like, I'm just looking at, like, one right now. And, like, the uncommon signposts are, like, a little smaller because they're not dragons. But it's like, hey, I draw you cards every third spell you cast. Or, mm-hmm. uh, hey, I'm a, I'm a four mana five five flyer if you build your deck around me. And then we're like, uh, here's a 4-4 four, four flyer for 6. Yep. I don't know if you can hear the squealing downstairs as Gavin is apparently not about that bed life. <laughs> at 9 o'clock. <laughs> to go to bed, huh? At 9 o'clock, yeah. Um, so what are our other things poor here? So we had, yeah, poor Hannah, really. Savage Ventmaw? Yeah, uh, yeah, the red-green was Savage Ventmaw. Like Brian said, they're all 6-mana 4-4 four, four flyers. And when it attacks, you get to add red, 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 green, green, green to your mana pool, and it stays there till the end of the turn. Like I, this was the first time I'd ever seen the like the mana goes through to, goes through like phases. Yeah, like the magic mana. I remember thinking it was super cool. I was like, oh wow. Well, we had it in original Theros too. I I didn't play a lot of that. Yeah, because that was Krufix's ability. Mm, it made yeah, your mana yeah. colorless, and then it stuck around. But I just remember thinking, like, oh, wow, that's so neat. Now it feels like every other set we get something that does this. Yeah. Also, like, this card is completely unplayable. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Like, um, and then... Oh, go ahead. And so it dies to Doomblade. Like, that is the... That is the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Red Black was... Sacri- er, I'm sorry, it was Aggro. Um... And this one is a four mana or six mana four four flyer. And when it ETBs, you can basically dash something. Uh, you put a creature card with CMC three or less from your graveyard or hand onto the battlefield. It gains haste, and then you bring it back to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah. Also, like it's funny that like red black has been the exact same like two archetypes for literally ever. Um, so these were all like, f- it's hard looking back at the set with like modern magic 
because you're just like these were all fine, right? Like, uh, but I don't remember any of them being like super big standouts. Mm-hmm. Like, I think maybe the enduring scale lord would just like mess around and get huge. Yeah, that was really like powerful and limited. Mm-hmm. Um, I think didn't the um, swift workite see play in like a couple constructed decks? Maybe I don't remember. I think that was the only one that saw play and constructed. But yeah, I mean these were basically all all limited cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the scale lord would just get huge, basically every time you saw one. Yeah. Um. There's. It's weird. I don't like some limited environments. I like remember decks and stuff. Mm-hmm. This just kind of seems like. Yeah, whatever. And I know I was playing a lot, but there's nothing that like really stands out about this limited format that I'm like, oh yeah, I totally remember doing that or really wanting to open this card or that card. Yeah. It just kind of feels like there was some limited. We did a thing. Yep, it happened. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it's not one of those limited environments you look back on and go like, oh yeah, I remember this. You like Either always good drafted or bad. this, good or bad. Like it just was like yeah. this is a thing, it happened. Yeah, uh, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I I like it if I could be like, oh yeah, this set did like this and this, and it was cool. Uh, speaking of limited, I will I will tell. Uh, Brian accidentally cheated to to win a pre-release. Uh oh. Um, I had a Sidisi. And my opponent went to kill it, and I played Inspiring Call. Uh, draw a card for each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Those creatures gain indestructible until end of turn. Uh... My CDC didn't have a plus one, plus one counter. I glossed over the those and just yeah. was like, creatures get indestructible. Yeah. And my opponent was like, okay. Yeah. Eight years later, I still feel a little bad. Well, I mean, that's kind of what pre-release is for, though, is learning the cards. There's an awful lot of play mistakes. Like, I remember at pre-releases, I would play cards completely wrong the first day, and then, oh, yeah, that wasn't right, and the rest of the weekend I would play them correctly. Yeah. But there's a learning curve while you're still figuring the cards out, for sure. Yeah. I just, I just was like, oh, I done goofed. Um, yeah, there's nothing that really jumps out where I'm like, oh, yeah, this... This this was uh, this is what you did, yeah. Um, Do you so, remember standard from around this time? Vaguely, okay. like your your uh, the first thing I thought of was a Tarka Red. That was the first thing I thought of, and that's the first deck you have here. Is it yep. what is it what is that what won the Pro Tour? Yep, in the hands of Martin Dang. Um, and Atarka Red was basically Mono Red that splashed for Atarka's Command. Mm-hmm. Off of, like, garbage fixing? Four Not mana confluences, yeah. one Temple of Abandoned, and four Wooded Foothills, and yep. a forest. Garbage a fixing. Forest. Yep. Um, so you've got, uh, it's just like the, like, it plays God one, plays thirteen one drops. Yep. 
and then two <laughs> goblin rabble masters, and everything else is like direct damage and ways to pump things. Yep, get them, re- get them dead red. Yeah. Um. Wild. Yep. Wild that 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 was a deck. I also like that, like reading this, reading the uh, goldfish, red, green, mm-hmm. blue, black. Pro Tour Dragons of Cons. Pro Tour Dragons of Cons. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, a Tarka Red was three of the top decks. Three of the top eight. Uh, four. One of them, well, no, because the, the one that Jason Chung played was, it, was more of like a mid range. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, it's elves. Yeah. There are elves. It's playing the correct number of Goblin Rabble Masters, four. Oh, and then the third one that Thomas Hendricks played was Mono Green. Mono Green with? It was Mono Green Devotion with Dragonlord Atarka and Xenagos. Okay. Weird. Yep. Okay. I, I vaguely remember this being a deck. Yep. Uh, Hornet Queen. Good card. Yep. Um, so yeah, Atarka was the first deck I thought of. Um, I'm surprised then, you don't remember the next one. Esper Dragons? Yeah. I don't think I played Esper Dragons, did I? I mean, it was pretty popular. Oh, once I see Esper Dragons, it was because of the counter spell that was one less if you controlled a dragon. So yeah. it was like, it was the one blue blue, but if you revealed a dragon, Solomgar Scorn or something, mm-hmm. if you revealed a dragon or had a dragon in play, it was just counter spell. Yeah, yep, it was Silmagar's score. And then there was also uh, Foul Tongue Invocation mm-hmm. was a sacrifice A creature? Edict. Yeah, it was an edict that uh, like let you stay, uh, gained you some life to stabilize if you control the dragon. Yeah, and then uh, the reason it was like, there were some just blue-black versions, and that was because Dragonlord Silmagar was a 6-mana 3-5 that was also a control magic. Right. Uh, but then they were Esper because of Dragonlord Ojitai. Yeah, which is like kind of a nutsy, nuts card. Yeah, like, um, so it was five mana for a five four flyer, and it had hexproof as long as it was untapped. Mm-hmm. And then when it dealt combat damage, you got to anticipate. Yep. So it, like was card advantage and like a difficult to kill threat. And it was kind of set up that you would resolve it. You knew it would be there, or we're pretty sure it would be there when you untapped. And then you had your counter spells to protect it when you attacked with it. Right. And then you just, like, it let you accrue value and snowball the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a deck that, like, it didn't feel like it picked up a whole lot, like, at the, like, local level. That felt more like, almost like, I remember it vaguely being more like a, Pro Tour, like, Star City Games deck. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of Grinders played it. I remember it from coverage a lot. Yeah, but it wasn't like a deck that you, like, ran into at FNM a lot. Right. Because, one, it was crazy expensive for the time. Yeah, I mean, it had, like, all of the dragons in it, so... Yeah, it was like... They were all chase cards. Yeah, all the, all the rares and mythics. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, and a play set of Thought Seas and a play set of uh, Heroes Downfall, which were expensive at the time. Yeah. Uh, wow, Ugins are down to $20, man. Uh, yeah, but uh, like, so yeah, uh, 
Adrian Sullivan's list is an Adrian Sullivan deck of I'm not doing what you guys are doing. Played five Planeswalkers and then removal. That sounds about right. Uh, and then, oh my god. Uh, could you imagine playing Perilous Vault in the year of our Lord 2023? <laughs> no, but I definitely played it back then. Four mana, and then pay five, tap it, exile all non-land permanents. Yep. Could not imagine playing it now. It enters the battlefield tapped, right? Mm, no. No? I thought you no. couldn't pop it the turn it came out. Uh, I'm reading the card. It does not... Oh. Uh, it, it might not be able to pop it the turn it comes out because it would be nine mana. Oh, yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you tapped all of your lands to play it. Yeah. Uh, wild. Dragon Lord's prerogative? Dear God. Um. So... Yeah, like you had the, this was one of those standards where, like this Pro Tour was like you had the aggro decks to get under the control decks, and then the control decks to smush everything else. Right. And, you know, that, you know, some stuff like snuck in. And then Brad Nelson in ninth was playing, ah, oh, he wasn't playing the Death Mist Dinosaur. That's sad. That is he, sad. He was just playing Siege Rhinos. Yep. It's Serac the Hunt Caller. Yeah, hey. A hasty Siege So he he was on like the super aggro version though with Warden of the First Tree, Fleeceman yeah. Lion, and the Death Dealer. So Not the he didn't have version. time for uh, grinding out Death Dealer. Grinding out values. What about Chester here? Nope, Chester, not about that life either. Even more controlling. He he went he went more controlling than Death Miss Raptor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a Tassiger deck. Yeah. So like, the like, we'll see how this Pro Tour that's coming up this weekend shakes out. But like, if you mm -hmm. look at this, there's like a lot of variety. Yeah. Right. Like in the a top variety, like if you guys, well, the, the patrons get access to the show notes and they can click on the link that, um, like has l like the complete list of all the deck lists and yeah, there's a ton of different archetypes in here. And like the top played card was Heroes Downfall at 44% of deck. So there are a lot of decks that were black. Yeah. Right. Then Corsair of Crewfix was 38%. Carry Added was 32 so like it was like a green blackish kind of format, but there was a lot that could be done in that green black area, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like the power level of cards was flatter, I think, in this yeah. like er area of magic. Like Siege Rhino was the best card, but it wasn't so much better than the next thing. Yeah. Uh, and this was before we figured out how to build collected company decks. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Because that was... Because now... And I think this is just a big difference of, like, magic in general. Right? Company would have been spoiled. If there was Arena, company would have been spoiled. There would have been, like, 30 videos from contact creators. Half of them saying the card was terrible and you'll always miss. 
and half yeah. telling you how it was busted. Yeah. Right? And then after, like, the first, like, three days of the format on Arena, it'd be like, oh, if my deck's all three drops, this card's amazing. Well, I mean, you, I don't know if you remember or not, but also right after, it must have been right after the Pro Tour, um, Frank Karsten released an article breaking down the math of Collected Company mm-hmm. and basically taught everybody how to build a company deck. Yeah. And then kind of the floodgates were open. Mm-hmm. But what I what I mean is like that card wouldn't like sneak through yeah. now with like the amount of yeah. games that are played and stuff. Yeah. But no, it 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 is like refreshing that it's like oh look at all these different decks. Mm-hmm. Like yes, there's a lot of like black green, black blue, but like for the most part, oh gosh, I was like oh my god, is someone someone was playing Bant. It was Craig Wesco. <laughs> of course, it was. And I'm assuming it's just like white-ish weenie, uh, green. So it's a green ramp deck with uh, Den Protector and Death Miss Raptor. We keep talking about Death Miss Raptor. We'll, we'll get to what he does. And then at the top end, two Dragon Lord Ojutai. Or three Dragon Lord Ojutai with like a light white splash for Fleecebane Lion and Dramoka's Command. Yeah. And mystery so, of the unseen. Well, that's what I was just going to say, is this was the mastery of the unseen decks, I think were more of a Star City thing than mm-hmm. we're at this Pro Tour. I think they were like really new at this Pro Tour, and they hadn't really caught on yet. But there were a couple different flavors of like morph decks. Um, and this is a good time, I guess, to talk about Den Protector Death Mist Raptor. Um, like that was an engine that, ultimately ended up powering like the Abzan decks. Mm-hmm. They kind of moved away from the aggro and moved into more mid-rangey with the... So Death Miss Raptor, like Brian said earlier, has Megamorph, and it gets a counter when you unmorph it or whatever. But the best part about that card was when you turned a morph face up and it was in your graveyard, it came back into play. And it came and... back either face up or face down. Right. And... It itself was a 3-3 Death Toucher. So it was basically a removal spell that you could buy back for as long as you wanted to turn Morphs right side up. Um, With Den Protector, when you turn Den Protector right side up, you got to regrowth something. Take a card back out of your graveyard, put it in your hand. And its Mega Morph cost was 2 mana. So it was pretty cheap to do. And if you could get a bunch of Death Mist Raptors in your graveyard get them back with the Den Protector, um, you could have a pretty big turn out of nowhere mm-hmm. while also like grinding out advantage. And also, so, Den Protector says get back target card, yeah. which means your Den Protector that you that died earlier, you could buy back. So right. you could always just have this like store of Death Mist Raptors because you could just loop Den Protectors. Right. So it was a... A like good grindy engine, yeah. Uh, simpler times because like flipping like eight mana for uh, basically sorry five mana for an eternal witness. Yeah. Uh, not not gonna get the job done in uh, twenty twenty three. No, definitely not. But like the games were interesting. I think mm-hmm. something that like if you're newer to Magic, something that's very different about like cons. 
cons block standard is like the games weren't like the games had more back and forth than I think games do now. Oh yeah. Games now is like I resolved my thing. It's got a paragraph. If I untap with it, I'm going to get so much advantage it doesn't matter anymore. Right. And like the big snowball advantage card was a siege rhino. Now you lost three life and they gained three life and they had a four or five, but mm-hmm. like it wasn't like they drew four cards off of it. Right. And now like a lot of the stuff is just like, yeah, I'm going to draw a bunch of cards or whatever, or like give you all your mana back. Yeah. Or, you know, Elish Norn in this set, if you untap with it, you're going to draw a bunch of cards the next mm-hmm. turn and the game will be over. Right. So like, can you answer it right now? Well, I had a ley line finding, so uh, no. Okay, cool. So you died. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. okay. Or my late, like, no, I had a ley line binding. Now I get to get two of your things. So now the game's over. So, like, yeah. like you could, like, grind out, like, I'll block your siege rhino with my 3 3 death toucher. And then in three turns, I'll get it back. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, a reasonable play pattern. Yeah. Right. And, like, the thing to counter that was, like, I'm going to go real fast where I'm just going to play all the removal and it doesn't matter how many death misraptors you get back because I'll get rid of them all eventually. Right. Um, and then what else? So Abzan, Green Devotion. Amazing that um, even now, Nykthos is powering mono green decks. <laughs> Never would have thought, huh? Never could have imagined that that would be a thing. Yep. Um... But, like, I've rattled off, like, five, like, reasonable decks that people played. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, just to kind of compare it now, like, I'm not super locked in on Standard, but, like, Standard seems much more homogenous. Mm-hmm. So. Now, it's new with the new it's new with the new set, but, right, like, black seems like the best thing to do. Yeah. By far. All right. What were our... Uh, what were the cards that were hyped up from this set? Um, I, do you remember like this preview season or whatever at all? I do not. I put some cards that weren't hype but are awesome uh, in, okay. in 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 here. But I I kind of had a hard time like remembering this preview season for some mm-hmm. reason. I, I don't know why. I was um, looking through the set hoping something would like click and I'd be like, oh yeah, that card is yeah. supposed to be good. I do remember um, a lot of people were talking about Myth Realized. Uh-huh. Do you remember that card? It is an enchantment that whenever you cast a spell, it gets a counter, a Myth counter, and then you can pay like one or something, and it becomes a creature with power toughness, equal number of Myth counters on it. Yep. Not even reading it. Look at me go. Yeah, you can all, I think you can like pay to put a counter on it also maybe uh i'm looking for it there it is uh oh yeah two and a light put a counter on it yeah um i remember a lot of people talking about that card before the set came out mm-hmm. um and it never did anything like i think some people tried to make it do something but it was just bad i think secure the waste got some hype it's just like an instant speed token thing See, I don't think that card got any hype at all. I don't like that card didn't even get expensive until later in the format, I don't think. 
May I? I don't know. I I were just playing it like in Jeskai tokens. That's kind of like the thing you wanted to do. Yeah, in the tokens uh, deck. Well, that was a like that was a deck that was later on in the format, though. I think. Okay, I maybe I remember the early Jeskai tokens decks with like Stoke and oh, okay. stuff. Um. What and else? Then, it- uh, Thunderbreak Regent. Mm-hmm. Was super hyped during pre or like previous season. And was also a super solid card all throughout its time in standard. Um, two red red for a four four flying dragon, and whenever it becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, uh, you deal three damage to that uh, player. Yep. Um, so that's probably an uncommon now, right? Maybe. It would not surprise me. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's a really good uncommon. Yeah. But yeah, I like. I remember building around the scent of dragons. Do you? Yeah, thinking that card might be good. It's not good. Uh, four red red for a sorcery destroy any number of target creatures. Each player, uh, each for each creature destroyed this way, uh, its controller puts a plus one plus, uh, plus a four four dragon creature token on the battle with flying on the battlefield. So you basically got to turn all of your creatures into dragons. Yeah, uh, and you could do that. No one ever did, but you could, because like it <laughs> comboed with Dragon Tempest. Whenever a dragon entered, you dealt X damage, where X is that dragon's power, uh, or sorry, oh, yeah, where X is equal to the number of dragons you control. So you could like descent and make a bunch of dragons, and they would all see each other, and then like pow 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 pow. But uh, yeah. that never happened. No, it was a dream. Um, not hype cards, but if you just want to like look at some interesting magic art, mm-hmm. um, I might do this in the wrong order from the show notes. There's Summit Prowler. Um, mm-hmm. uh, back when you got four mana vanillas, it was a two red red for a four three vanilla, but Summy P really held it down in both cons and Dragon Limited. And if you look at the cons art and the dragons art is the exact same picture, but in the dragons art, there are two dragons behind him that are not in the cons art. Oh, okay. So that's how you know which one you have is now he's in a world with dragons where he's going to get eaten. And before yeah. he was the king of the common four mana four threes. <laughs> um, and then no cool story thing, but like, I just remember the art on butcher's glee. Where he's just going ham, yeah. Like that art was so was so fun. Uh, I think people were hyped about Sidisi a little bit, right? Um, I don't really remember Sidisi getting a lot of hype. Um, I mean, maybe. Yeah, it's hard. Like cards, I, I played uh, Avatar of the Resolute. Oh yeah, that was a solid card. Green, green for a three-two with Reach and Trample. And it gets a plus one, plus one counter for each other creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter. So, yeah. like, you could, like, maybe set it up that it was, like, a 4-3 on turn two. Well, so the thing about Avatar the Resolute was it was double green pips for the Devotion decks. Mm-hmm. And we also had Hardened Scales in this format. Yeah. So, it was just big. Just big. Um... Oh, bless you, I think. 
Yep. Sorry. That's right. Um, I don't know what else there was that was like, oh yeah. Well, and then of course, uh, a card that was maybe wrongly not super hyped, but ended up being the like card that this set is known for. Collected company. Collected company. Yeah. Right? Like, you had to change yeah, I the way... That, I don't think that card was hyped at all. Yeah, you have to change the way you build your decks, but it um, it did a thing. Right? Like, yeah. it, it has, like, st- stood the test of time. And been... Yeah, I remember... Was it... It had to be the... Like, the Clash pack for this set, I think. Had a collected company and a windswept heath in it. Um, it was it was one of the precons had had windswept yeah. heath. Was it the clash pack? So it had okay, a collected company in it too. So from March or like April March, uh, uh, collected company was three dollars, and it hit, um, got to ten dollars. By January, mm-hmm. so it was under ten bucks for almost a year, and then shot up to thirty-five dollars um, in June of twenty sixteen. Yeah, because uh, that was uh, Oath of the Gate Watch Reflector Mage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadows Ever Innistrad, like Crypto Rights was in that deck, maybe? I don't remember. Yeah. Right? It's like, that was the, like, that was the heyday well, the, of the that. Well, the Rally decks played company, so that's mm-hmm. why it shot up, like, around that time also. Yeah. Around, like, Oath. Yeah, because that was, like, right, that January was the, like, there was a, there were these things called GPs that happened every weekend, and people got together and played, and, like, Someone won the one like GP Oakland or something it was a West Coast GP with Rally. Yeah. Like right at the beginning of the year. It was like Christmas, New Year's magic. And they won that and then it took off. Yep. So uh but yeah, like this is the card. This is Collective Company is the card from this set. Yeah, for sure. Right, like, if you erased all the other cards from this set, no one would really notice, except for company. Um, well, no, I think there's one other card people would mm. notice. K-Command, yeah. Oh, that's not the one I was thinking of, but yeah, K-Command also. Okay. What was um, the one are you thinking? Uh, Impact Tremors. Yeah, true. That is like a, some reason, like a $3 common. I think it's more than that. It's a lot. Yeah. Impact Tremors one in the red for an enchantment, and when it when a creature comes into play, deal one damage. Yeah, it's just like a staple EDH combo piece. Oh god, it is six dollars at Card Kingdom right now. Yeah. Uh. There you go. It is three cents on Moto. <laughs> Yeah, it was like nothing, and then I don't know what happened around uh, Ixalan, but it went from like thirty cents to a buck forty, and then Icoria it went from like a buck twenty 
to two. And it's just like worked its way up. Yeah. Um, so as far as like a lasting impression on magic that this set had, we kind of already mentioned two of the cards, Collected Company and Culligan's Command. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any more? I had Rending Volley down as like my angels in that stupid green white angels deck now gets like Rending Volley on Arena all the time. Yeah. Right? Like one mana, what is it? Deal four to a white or blue creature and mm-hmm. uh, it can't be countered. Yeah. Right? It's it's a victim of like 2015, 2016, 2015 design because like now it would say Planeswalker. It would be like way yeah. more powerful. Um, and then An Offense of the Kin Tree Spirit which yeah, that one was, was a huge card for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, it replaced a combo piece in a deck that nobody has ever heard of anymore. So, <laughs> Maliripod? Yeah, Maliripod. Hey, now. Uh, replaced Malira. So, uh, so there's a mechanic called Persist. There's like one, there's like Persistent Goblin or something on mm-hmm. Arena. And when they die, they come back with a, a, a minus one, minus one counter. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they don't have a minus one, minus one counter already. Since Anafenza has bolster, when a creature comes into play, you bolster one. Mm-hmm. A plus one, plus one counter, and a minus one, minus one counter, counter uh, negate each other. Yep. So your creature, your persist creature comes back and ends up having no counter on it. So you can sack it infinitely. Right. Um, so Anafenza did that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Command, for those of you who don't know the card, uh, I think James probably knows all the modes. It's red and black. <laughs> I have, I have faith. Yeah. Um, it'll hit two to any target. Mm-hmm. It will make your opponent discard a card. It will destroy an artifact. Mm-hmm. Oh, Raise dead. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's one red black, and it's an instant. And it's yep. one of the few instants that says target player discards a card. Yeah, so it's super useful to uh, tag your opponent during their draw step when that's the only card in their hand. Yeah, there there was a time many years ago where you could like do the discard thing on your opponent and then return a snapcaster to your hand. Mm-hmm. And then the next turn, snapcaster, make them discard, do something, deal them two or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we we have too many cards in our hands now for that. <laughs> when everything draws a card. Yeah, for that to be meaningful. Um, but yeah, like there's a handful of cards that like just kind of um, uh, like... Uh, have like stood the test of time. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to point out, this is how sets used to be mm-hmm. where you're like, Oh, there's like three cards. One of which is a sideboard card that sees like long-term play out of this set. Wow. This was a pretty good set. Yeah. Right. Like what? Didn't like, uh, Dragon Lord Culligan see some play in, like Dr- Reanimator or Dredge or something. It was um, 
so for the old for the olds um in like manila's dredge or like led dredge in legacy for the longest time you would dread return a flamekin zealot mm-hmm. and flamekin zealots um uh, would give all of your zombies that you got from your bridge from below haste uh dragon lord Colagon does that it would give them haste and plus one plus one dragon lord Colagon just gives everything haste but it's a six five flyer with like beneficial text if they don't die. Right. And it's like only worse if you have like six zombies or something. Like you have to have a bunch of zombies for it to be worse than Flamekin Zealot. Uh and then there was another what's the other card that saw some play? Cause you, you said that and that wasn't the one I was thinking of. Um oh, okay. uh Dragonlord Dramoka? Has shown up in Nick oh, Fit for yeah. years, where it's just like a five seven that can't be countered, and then none of your stuff can be countered after it resolves. Do you still have uh, Card Kingdom up? I do. I think maybe, maybe. Plug in Dragon Lord Dramoka real quick. Okay, maybe I don't. But we'll find it. Um, I'll do, I'll do it on Goldfish. Okay. Dragon Lord Dramoka. Uh, we'll do the the dragon's printing. He was reprinted recently. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was reprinted recently. Seven bucks. Okay. Um, but if we go back, um, it did get up to forty five in twenty twenty one. It like spiked after AFR from like thirty five to forty five ish. Forty, yeah, forty five ish, and it's been on the slow decline since. But it was printed in Double Masters again. Gotcha. So, yeah, there was a Double Masters printing um, not too long ago. But it was, like, a card that just saw a ton of play. Yep. Oh, you know what? I do. I have one more thing to talk about. Okay, Before we uh, close this out. Okay. Um, we talked... A little bit earlier about some of some cards with art that you remembered or appreciated Mm -hmm. um i think two of my favorite arts are in this set okay and i forgot to include them in the show notes all Um, right any guesses hmm um i was gonna say the evolving wilds that evol- evol- yep, that is my favorite Evolving Wilds. That is one of them. Look at me go. That, that Evolving Wilds is iconic. Oh, and, and it's the Yelling Duress. It is the Duress, yep. The duress, that's my favorite Duress as well. So this is um, Colagon screaming at itty-bitty baby uh, Zergo. Yep. Um, yep, that's my favorite Duress and my favorite Evolving Wilds. Yeah. All from all from this little little set that could. Yep. Um like long term impacts on magic. The thing I thought was like it brought back the commands. And I feel like we've yeah. had like commands way more since this. Like they're Yeah, definitely. I mean or, they've even started doing them as like not cycles. Like sometimes we'll just randomly get a command. Yeah. Um so like the commands because people like flexible cards. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's like the the one thing that came out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, we had commands before this. We so. did, we did, but we hadn't. Ha- they hadn't been around for a long time. Yeah, not since Lorwin. Right, and like I feel like now, if there's a multicolored set, you're almost disappointed that there's not like a command. Command. Yeah. Right. Um. And then, what else? Hmm. I mean, for a while, like, like the Death Mist Raptor Den Predator thing was, like, you can win games with just overwhelming value. Mm-hmm. Right? And that was, and, like, incidental value. Yeah. So, I, I know you didn't play a ton before this set. Mm-hmm. Like, after your return to Magic yeah. or whatever. Um one of the things, like we've mentioned the Dun Protector Death Mist Raptor thing a, a few times now, and I think that probably can be considered a lasting effect on a game. Because before this, like, I don't remember any engines. Mm. And now, like, everything is an engine. Magic has become about engines. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they're just single card engines looking at you 2020 magic but yeah um like i before this we had a like theros block standard and i don't remember no pack rat wasn't i mean it's not really an engine because you're not like gaining cards out of it it's just like making value and it's not even really value because they're just big bigs you know what i mean yeah and, like, the Innistrad stuff, uh, standards, like, it was Delver and then, like, Thragtusk Blink stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, those oh, were yeah, engines. I Thragtusk was kind of a... Not, like, engine. an engine. Like, that was just, like, a favorable interaction. Like, I think, like, an engine is, like, a repeatable way. Yeah. Right? It's not like once you got a, a Resto Angel out, you have to, like, blink your... Your, uh... Thrag Tusk every turn or every other turn. Yeah. Right. Where with the, with this, you got like a de- a Den Protector and you're like, well, I'm going to get back some Death Mist Raptors. That's going to like buy me time to get the next Den Protector. And then I can just like keep bringing back three threes. And like if you've played Limited or even like Constructed Magic, if your opponent gets like a free, like two th- free three threes, like every other turn, like you're in a world of hurt. Like, I mean, that's the whole point of Dredge, right? Is yeah. Getting free 3-3s? Three and free 2-2s two and stuff, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess uh, modern Dredge is prized in Malcolm. But you're just prized like, oh, them. Yeah, I paid no them. mana for this. I was thinking right. Bridge from Below. Free Bridge from Below, Wizards. Um, <laughs> free Golgari Grave Troll. Died uh, for Hogex Sins. Died for Hogex, exactly. And then you printed uh, a free Flash... Shuffle your library. Um, Hey, I'm pretty impressed that I got the Evolving Wilds and the Duress. That was pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, We've been on a lot of car rides. (laughs) Um, Lots of conversations about magic cards. Yes. Um, So, yeah, like, this was, I think, a good set. Simpler times. I think it was a fine set, but like going back through the cards, not like in limited, nothing super memorable. 
Yeah. Right? But, like, looking at the old constructed Pro Tour decks, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that deck. I, re- I remember the cards in that deck. Like, okay, I, I remember all these now. Yep. And it is nice to see that, like, we, you know, there wasn't, like, like, hey, we got to put... We got to put Elish Norn on the box. So mm-hmm. we need Elish Norn to be absurd. Better make it good. Now, okay. what was on the Dragon's box? Culligan, I think. Was it? Maybe. I think so. I don't have a Dragon's box laying around. Uh, an eight-year-old magic to. box. Um, I used to. <laughs> yeah. But, like, or, like, remember Avacyn from yeah. Shadows Over Innistrad? Yeah. Right? Like, we better make this card amazing yeah uh this like all the dragon lords they were different but they were all relatively playable mm-hmm. right like if you were like i love red green you could play dragon lord atarka it'd be I fine lost to many dragon lord atarkas right uh you know if you're like hey i love blue black hey solemgar dragon lord solemgar uh, amazing mm-hmm. so can totally do those things so it's nice to see there was like variety. Yeah. All right. You got anything else or have we reached the end? I think we've reached the end. I can't think of uh like I said, like this set was not super like even though it had some important stuff in it, for whatever reason, it's not like super memorable in my head. I yeah. had kind of a hard time remembering what was going on then. Yeah. Um which and- I guess kinda means it was even though there's some good cards, it was kind of a milk toast set. Yeah. Well, also, like, this is part of the argument why they got rid of, like, three block sets. Right? Because, yeah. like, you would kind of, like, lose, like, the sets would all kind of get mushed together in your head when you looked back. And there was always, like, a worse set out of the block that maybe yeah. we didn't need. And so they were like, if we go to two sets, we won't, we can just have, in theory, two bangers. Well, like, think about how good the fetch lands were. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, everybody remembers cons for the Fetchlands. And then think about how good Ugin was. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers fate for Ugin. And then, yeah, there's some good stuff in Dragons, but all of it, like even Coco, pales in comparison to, like, Ugin or Fetchlands. Yeah. Was this, I know they did it in Fate, where the Fetchlands were sometimes in the Lancelot. They weren't they were in Dragons. No, it was just fate. Okay. That's what I thought. Yep. So, with all that, I think we have a show. We have a show. So, if you want to reach out to us on social media, say hi, uh, throw in some show ideas, all those links are in the description below, so go check them out. Yeah, hit them up. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to help support us, keep us going, there's two ways you can do that. The first is TCG Player through our affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Head on over to TCG Player with that link, and anything you purchase will help to support the show. We'll get a percentage of your final purchase to pay your hosting fees and whatever else we got going on. We'd appreciate it. If you want to support us more directly, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg is where you can do that. Chip a couple bucks in if you think we're worth it. And you get access to our show notes. You get access to more content through our pre-show. And you also get put on my mailing list for when I have cool stuff to send out to you guys. Yeah. So chip a couple bucks and we'd appreciate it. Yes, please. All right. So with that, we'll catch you on the internet.
We'll catch you on the internet.